Things Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. first Christmas tradition that we're going to talk about is mistletoe. The mistletoe. Oh, mistletoe. Kissing mistletoe. under the mistletoe is a big one, a very iconic symbol. Anybody that sees mistletoe knows what you're supposed to do. So where do you guys think mistletoe originated? Well, before Smitty answers, I'm going to let Smitty go first. I think just like old school Memphis wrestling that Smitty and I grew up on, it's only fair we throw out a stipulation, at least one stipulation <laughs> to this showdown. Of course. I think we should do loser leave town match. It's only fair. I'm not sure how the loser could show their face <laughs> around town anymore after this. Well, you, so, loser leave town. You, let's do this. You better start packing your bags then, sucker. <laughs> All right, Smitty. Well... <laughs> Why don't you tell us and you? All right, go. it's on. Let's see. What's your mistletoe. guess? Mistletoe. That came from uh, I don't know. Let's see. I got this wrapped up easy. Uh, <laughs> it came from old man's missile toes. I don't know. Old man's missile toes. All right. Yeah. It should be pretty e easy to beat. So a lot of people don't realize that mistletoe actually originated in the Neanderthal days. And so Neanderthals figured out that their lady friends really liked to admire this mistletoe. And the berries actually had this intoxicating effect. So, you know, the mission of the Neanderthal was like any other primate, animal, Bigfoot, Yeti, etc., you know, to eat, survive, and to ensure the propagation of the species. So Lady Neanderthal, she's under the mistletoe. If the berries didn't get her, you know, knocked out enough, 
Mr. Neanderthal would literally bonk her in the head and thus <laughs> kiss me under the mistletoe was born and the tradition kind of carried over to the first Europeans that discovered the Neanderthals and there we go the rest is history okay well um, in typical Tim fashion his answer was like 18 minutes long so um so negative two points should for that, that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. though he was closest Shockingly, um, so well, we'll time, give him just for plus just two, for the record, and you're both at zero. Just for the record, the only reason he knows that because every woman he's ever been around, he's had to knock them out if they were going to have bonk him in the head, right? Yeah, bonk him in the head. Okay. Well, here is the true story behind mistletoe's romantics overtones. This is from History.com. It most likely started with the Celtic Druids of the first century because mistletoe could blossom even during the frozen winter. They came to view it as a sacred symbol of vivacity and they administered it to humans and animals alike in the hope of restoring fertility. Oh, so there you okay. go. So essentially, I was um, Now, bonus round. Here are four facts about mistletoe. You have to tell me which one is not true. Five points for the first answer. A, mistletoe is a parasite. B, mistletoe is actually toxic to humans. C, one type of mistletoe pod will explode and send its seeds flying up to 50 feet away. Or D, reindeer who eat mistletoe develop the ability to fly. Which one's not true? Go. Uh, the last well, one. I was going to say <laughs> the alien pod <laughs> theory is not true because I know that aliens was based on a different story. Uh, I think okay. it's the last ones because reindeer already know how to fly, so suck on that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Smitty for five points. But I thought it was hysterical Arr. that they used to administer it to humans, but it's actually toxic to humans. Go I knew it was a parasite, too. I was essentially correct. I don't, I don't know how I got negative two. <laughs> well, then I told you you got positive two for being essentially correct, so you're back at zero. Well, it's because oh, of your attitude. Well, that's why. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the one. But. Because your attitude. <laughs> All right, that's tradition round one. Done. We've got Smitty up five to zero. Yeah. You better start packing your bags there for us. Well, I think we should maybe move on to round two and just see which one of you is man enough to answer questions about Christmas. Let's do this. So, number two. Where did the concept of sitting on Santa's lap develop from? And Tim, we'll have you go first this time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, that's actually an easy one, of course. The concept of sitting on Santa's lap actually dates back to the 50s with the opening of Macy's. Macy's was like, you know, we've got all this product. We've got a great catalog. We're trying to compete with Sears because everybody wants to order from the Sears catalog. What can we do? So Macy's actually decided, you know what? We're going to hire 
some Santas. We've got Macy's all over the country. The kids will come in, they'll sit in Santa's lap, tell him what toys we want. We'll make sure it's only the toys that they can get from Macy's. We'll tell them, don't you order from the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Who wants that crap? <laughs> and the Santa Claus lap sitting was born. Okay. Smitty. I thought you were going to go back to the Neanderthals. Like they were, <laughs> Men would dress I up really and hit women that. on the head and make them sit on their lap. Some things I say, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I say Miss Santa Claus just needed a couple of dollar bills, so that's where she started. <laughs> Can we say that? Oh, it is after nine. I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, boy. it's okay, her husband, well, my lord. It's her husband. Good lord. I wow. am going to have to award five and a half points to Tim, <laughs> who was <Aww>. closest. <laughs> so... Stores began to advertise Christmas shopping all the way back in 1820. And by the 1840s, newspapers were creating separate sections for holiday advertisements. This comes from History.com again, which often featured images of the newly popular Santa Claus. In 1841, thousands of children visited a Philadelphia shop to see a life-size Santa Claus model. And it was only a matter of time before stores began to attract children and their parents with the lure of a peek at the live Santa Claus. So this is all the way back in the 1840s. Which is exactly what I said. So I'm I'm pretty ecstatic that I nailed that. I mean, wow. I gave you an extra It gets lonely at the North Pole. I took off some because you were 100 years (laughs) off, but that's okay. And here's another interesting fact. In the early 1890s, this is great. I love this fact so much. The Salvation Army needed money to pay for the free Christmas meals they provided to needy families, so they began dressing up unemployed men in Santa Claus suits and sending them into the streets of New York to solicit donations. And that's how the people standing outside of Walmart ringing the bell that we have today developed from that. Yeah, I hate that bell. Right? Yeah, they're doing something Ooh. similar in San Francisco right now, but we won't get into that. Oh god! But I believe that puts me up by five points. Sorry, Smith. Uh, I don't half think a, a half point, a point. Half a point. Oh, I always Sorry, knew you were. I didn't realize CJ was teacher. actually keeping score over there. <laughs> no. no, I'm keeping score for sure. Mm. Yeah. Terrible. So you're up by teacher. half a point, and it's. All right, let's move on to trivia round three. Let's so. Do this. Classic Christmas icon, Santa coming down the chimney, delivering those sweet presents after he breaks into our houses. Where on earth did Santa coming down the chimney come from? Is it my turn again? Oh, I believe it is. sorry. This is turn. multiple choice. This well, oh. okay. You guys give you guys give me some guesses. And then I'll give you multiple choice. Coca-Cola. From Coca-Cola Company. Tim? I think Smitty means that Coca-Cola must have made an advertisement showing a Santa coming down the (laughs) chimney. He's the man of few words. um, That was what I meant. But it actually dates back to St. Nicholas of Finland, who used to deliver toys to kids 
in Finland, and that's where it got its start. But of course, he could just walk through the front door because there were bears and yetis and all kinds of crazy things, you know, out there. Plus, it's really cold. So the only way he could get the toys down to them is wait till their fires went out and drop them down the chimney. And there we go. Hmm. Okay. So after those two answers, interesting. I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you can decide. A. In some colder areas, the snowbanks were so high that it blocked the doors. Many people would have to enter through openings in roofs to get into their homes. This common practice later developed into Santa coming down the chimney on snowy nights to leave presents. B. The idea of Santa flying around and descending people's chimneys came from Clement Clark Moore's story, an account of a, vi- an account of a visit from St. Nicholas, more popularly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Or C, in a marketing campaign, Lord and Taylor published a catalog with a picture of Santa hiding in a large fireplace <coughs> as children snuck towards the Christmas tree to snoop presents. From there, Santa coming, Santa coming and going through the chimney gained popularity. So, with those it, three, one of well, those got, is correct. I've got my picks. It's A and B. Is that is but that those are basically a conglomeration of my answer. I'm gonna say C. How was B a conglomeration of your answer? That it came you, from the story to the night pick, before Christmas. You can't pick two things. Okay, A was was essentially my answer, so obviously it's A. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring you both. A and C are both incorrect, though Ah. I am very happy that my (laughs) lies were believing. Um, (laughs) The correct answer is that it came from Clement Clark Moore's poem, more popularly known as Twist the Night Before Christmas. But both good guesses. I am just flabbergasted. So you're both at zero. Sorry. At that, I'm <laughs> not sure I believe that. But okay. Well, I can believe that you're wrong. I just thought I would be correct. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, you're going to join us for this Christmas madness. You ready to dive into some trivia here with us? Yes. I'm yeah, we'd love to have you stay on and join us. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Let's dive in for round four. So I don't know if you heard earlier, we already covered where mistletoe came from and Santa going down the chimney. So now we're going to tackle, not literally, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Does anybody know the origins of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in our Christmas history? Yes. (laughs) That would be... That would be uh, Will Rogers sang the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Tim, you have a guess for us? Well, I've got more than a Wait. guess. Wait oh, just gosh. a minute. What? It was Gene Autry. <laughs> okay. It was Gene Autry. Gene Autry. Okay, well, actually, that dates back to St. Nicholas again. Turns out he was going, his grandmother actually was coming to visit him one night. She tragically, in this small Finland town, got ran over (laughs) by a reindeer. 
the townsfolk, <laughs> all they had, <laughs> threw everything they had at it, and it had a glowing red nose afterwards, possibly from wounds, but it kind of <laughs> caught on. Nobody really liked her, his grandmother anyway, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> was born. She kept coming back. Uh, the family seemed a lot happier uh, without her around, and so there we have it. There you go. All right. And Sean, uh, any guesses? You want to take a stab at the already mutilated Rudolph the red nosed Reindeer? <laughs> I was going to like Smitty said in, in a, a previous question, Coca-Cola ad, all about Christmas stuff. And actually, uh, I'd be putting out a lot of Santas and reindeers and all that stuff. I was thinking they might have drummed it up. All right. Okay. Good answer. I like it. Hey. Just gonna... for our information, real quick, we used to call Mounts the brown nosed teacher at school, but that was a different story. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, well, I'm going to have to give 20 points to Sean because it was indeed an advertisement. <laughs> How could you just join the show points. and take the lead? <laughs> Tim gets 10 points for the most entertaining answer. And uh, Smitty gets five for saying Junotri. So it was. <laughs> he did write the song. I know that. He did not write the song. It was the creation of Robert L. May, a copywriter at the Montgomery Ward Department Store. He wrote this Christmas themed poem. All of the other reindeer had already existed. And he brought in Rudolph with this glowing red nose. He talked about the foggy night and Santa was worried he couldn't make it. And all of a sudden, Rudolph had been made fun of became the hero and it proved so popular he sold two and a half million copies of the story in 1939 it was reissued in 1946 to sell over three and a half million copies several years later one of his friends wrote a short song about it and gene autry recorded it in 1949 was in there somewhere so there you go well, I got to know, though, because I know for a fact somebody's grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Now, which reindeer did that? That was Cletus. Cletus. Cletus, right. Yeah. Cletus the redneck reindeer. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, those two were he easily done... confusable. I think I deserve some extra credit. Yeah. I will he say I am getting some, some, uh, <laughs> some Christmas education here and it's amazing celebrate and revere is all just advertisements <laughs> there you go all right well we need to um start wrapping things up in order to respect the people coming on after us so let's maybe do our final rounds of traditions and movies and call it an evening but uh this one's for you boys all of you because I did not know about this tradition. We're going to jump ahead to New Year's Eve. And uh, having black eyed peas for New Year's Eve. You probably know oh, what it represents easy. today. But where did it originate? It originated at uh, the Civil War. During the Civil War. Or at least that's okay. where they started eating black eyed peas. Because... The Yankees came and burned everything, and they just had black-eyed peas. A lot of them left because that's what they fed their cattle. So they started eating black-eyed peas so they wouldn't starve to death. All right. Tim or Sean, any guesses? 
Well, I hate to burst Smitty's bubble here, but it actually <laughs> dates back to the first settlers of the South in the 1500s, and they actually had a slight battle against their arch enemy, the Wicker Man, who lived in the deep, dark forest. Oh, God. And the southern settlers discovered that if they would eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day, the Wicker Man would leave them alone because they also gave him an offering of the black-eyed peas. And so this began... Was Fergie on there? This began the (laughs) recognition of black-eyed peas as good luck on New Year's Day. Hmm. I don't know what kind of stories your parents were teaching you growing up. Okay. Sean? I was going to say, uh, if some aunt mama cooked up in her kitchen and fed the Rudolph the <laughs> Red Wicker Man, <laughs> one that wanted to come eat dinner that day. Stuff like that. Good answer. Okay. So, according to a legendary Southern food researcher, John Egerton... The history of black-eyed peas as good luck dates all the way back to 500 A.D. as a part of the Jewish Whoa. holiday, Rosh Hashanah. Wow. So, you all lose. I'm sorry. You all Wait lose all of your points. <laughs> Time-wise, I was way closer than anybody. <laughs> you said 1500. Well, you look it up about the Civil you War. and eight, years I was thought you meant eight. I thought about eating them in the south. That's what I was thinking about. We uh, clearly no true southerner, Smitty. I can tell you that much. <laughs> we can we eat them with cornbread. I'm not the one that moved off somewhere up north. Am I? <laughs> oh yeah, North Carolina. I like that North really... Carolina is considered up north. <laughs> it is up north. It is if if you're from Mississippi, it absolutely. Uh, is. I know if you get past Tennessee, you're a Yankee. To, like, every single Southerner wants to throw their black-eyed peas at me right now. <laughs> well, if you get hit with Fergie, you're gonna be in some bad trouble. But, <laughs> whatever. I don't so know. So who do Russia I am the bumble. You cannot escape me. You're pleading it useless, and so are the prayers. The bumble is greedy for only one thing to keep you from taking to keep you from taking to keep you from taking his name in vain this has been all things unexplained if you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts.
And if you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.